Hey, Dylan. Hey, Rebecca. What's a financial coach's favorite pickup line? Hey, girl. I like your assets. <laughs> Quickly followed up by, let me get up in them spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Welcome to today's episode of the Rad Money Podcast. We're psyched to have you here. First off, other than the the bad jokes that we just had for you, uh, we just want I want to say thank you to to listening to this podcast. We just hit a huge milestone. We are now in the top three percent of all podcasts, and that's with your help. So thank you yeah. so much for getting us there. Uh, we're super excited about that, and we just can't wait to see where this continues to go because it's been a lot of fun and we're really enjoying it. And it's all because of you tuning in each and every week and listening to this. Yeah, it's super exciting to have reached this milestone. Top 3% globally ranked podcast. I mean, this is only episode 19 yep. and, you know, we're already hitting that. So it's kind of like, oh, wow. Okay. Now what? Well, I think, <laughs> I think one lesson, if we were to like make a financial coach lesson out of this, I'm always making a financial yeah. coach like, out of everything. You know, consistently doing the same thing over and over again produces results. All we were doing was saying, we're going to put out an episode every other week when we started at the beginning of the year. And then at the beginning of April, we said, we'll do it every week. And all we we're trying to do is just be consistent. Consistency leads to progress and it, and it compounds over time, right? So it's always linking back to not only financial coaching, but just kind of in general, the self-improvement, self-growth and reaching any kind of goal. Right. But, but yeah, it's super exciting. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the reviews, for subscribing, for sharing this podcast. That's mm -hmm. really the biggest thing that we want you to do is to just share the episode with the person who you yeah. want to have these conversations with. Exactly. And um, that brings us to today's topic, though which is reaching financial independence with your spouse yes. and working towards that together. And there are three habits in particular that if you want to reach financial independence, really, I mean, together or separately, there, there's just three things that you have to get really, 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 really good at. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, let's define financial independence and we can talk a little bit into this with everybody. But financial independence is where you've reached the point with your personal finances where work becomes optional, meaning that you have so many assets and investments that those assets and investments are paying you an income and you don't have to work anymore. Yes, exactly. You can live off of the interest, off of your investment portfolios, right. be it retirement accounts or other investment accounts. You are generating income from real estate or businesses, businesses yep. or you know whatever it is, but you are no longer having to actively earn an income, it's become more of a quote unquote passive income that you're able to live off of and you become work optional. This is also essentially retirement. Yeah. So it, most of us understand this is something that we're able to do once we're like 65, 67, et cetera, where we've sucked enough money away that we get to retire. Right. But um, I don't want to confuse the two because mm -hmm. one is not necessarily the other. Retirement is definitely comes with an age, but financial independence can at any point. Well, that's the thing. I, I don't think it does come with an age. Like it only if you check the bright boxes right. up until that age. But this is just for most people so that they can understand what this is. It's retirement, uh -huh. but it's not about the age. It is about the money because you can reach 65 and not be able to retire. Yes. Because you didn't check the right boxes because you are not technically financially independent. Right. Or you could reach 65 and have the cat food retirement. Yeah, you could retire, but you are 
impoverished. Exactly. Uh, yes. So I think that's just a really important distinction. Most people, that's mm-hmm. how they think about is that, okay, I've reached this point where I can retire from my job and go do whatever I want to do in my golden years. But we associate it too often with it being an age. And we're saying, no, it's actually a dollar amount. You don't aren't necessarily guaranteed <laughs> that once you reach 65, you get to retire. Right. But also, you could retire early if you are financially independent. Exactly. And I it's think about that's, that dollar amount. Yeah. When we started this journey, it was all about getting out of debt and just hitting financial freedom where we just didn't owe anybody money anymore. Mm-hmm. But then we, we started to realize like there's this next step above financial freedom and it's financial independence. And there's a whole community and many of you have probably heard of it. It's called FIRE financially independent, retire early. And there's a bunch of people that are racing to this finish line as quickly as possible. And although we don't subscribe to it, it is interesting to read the stories about what these people are doing. And so like once we started to learn about that, it it really made me think like, hey, this this is the right direction. It isn't about retirement at 65. It's hitting that number where I said at the beginning, work is optional. We don't have to do that anymore. But not necessarily as fast as possible, which is where I think that um, the fire community where we start to have the qualms with it is because it's not sustainable. It leads to actually a lot of scarcity. It's very detrimental to your mental health. It's a lot of burnout. People are it's working a lot of as hard as possible and they're 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 trimming down all the fat. Yeah, they're doing very extreme things. Yeah. And it like we're obviously if you listen to this, we're not against that. It's just that you need to understand that they're you're still making a lot of sacrifices and to us it's not worth it. To us, it's like, let's get there faster than 65. Sure. Right. Let's have fun getting there, though. And let's make sure that um, as we're doing it, we're enjoying our life and we're not suffering because we've heard this and read this and people's stories who have actually achieved it is that they wish they would have gone slower because it was just so hard and just like a suffer fest for 10 years. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm a burnt out pile of nothing and I don't know what makes me happy. And right. Well, they don't know. What I have to all do. this money and I don't have to work technically, but they've trained themselves to work. Like, yeah. That's all they know how to do. That's so they, they end do. up keep they continue to work anyways. Yeah. And so it's it's, it's yeah. a slippery slope. OK. So anyways, so that's a tangent about financial independent retire early. But really, the biggest takeaway that we want you to know is that you retirement is about a number. It's about reaching a certain financial level of assets, businesses, et cetera, that are generating an income, enough of an income for you to live off of. Exactly. And so it's not about an age. It's about a dollar amount. And so you can do that at any age, depending on all of those variables. You know, how much do you earn on an income today? How much of it are you saving, investing? What type of income generating opportunities are you working on? Right. So that's financial independence. Yeah, and there's plenty of ways to reach financial independence. There's so many avenues to do it, but it's, it comes down to your habits. Yeah. And so we have three habits that we're going to be talking about today, and they're all interconnected. They're like it, Honestly, it's almost as if it's one habit and there's three parts to it, but like you're just going to see how they all play together as we go through because it's as we talk about one, it's going to lead right into the next, and it's going to lead finally into the last one. Yeah, they're totally interconnected. They really pour back into each other and or can cannibalize each other. Right. Because if you don't get one right, then it will absolutely chew up the next thing. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. they really, they really are so interconnected that like if you get one wrong, you're going to screw up another one, which is going to screw up the other one. 
So that's important to know. But then also the way that we really identified these three habits, and there's definitely more. Okay, there's definitely more habits. This is not a definitive list. But the way that we got to this list of these three things, being what we wanted to talk about today, is that while there's a lot of financial advice out there, all of it ends up coming back to one of these three habits. Right. Like we're distilling it down. We are really distilling a lot of advice here and really like it's going down through the through the layers, through like a finer and finer sieve Mm -hmm. so that this is really what a lot of financial advice is trying to tell you is that you need to focus on these these three things. So the three habits, really simple, really quick, are number one, avoid liabilities. Number two, focus on your cash flow. And then three is to pay yourself first. So we're going to go through and define and explain why these three things are all super, super important. But real quick, those are the three habits. So let's talk about avoiding liabilities. First of all, let's define what a liability is. So yeah, a liability is essentially anything that's going to cost you money. It isn't making you money, right? Like either things are making money, which would be considered an asset. So if you have investments, they're growing and they're building and they can pay you an income potentially. So that's going to be something that's an asset. A great way to think about liabilities is to think about your net worth altogether. So you either have liabilities or assets on your spreadsheet here. And so liabilities is just anything that you owe money on. Think of cars that you still owe payments on. A mortgage, if you still owe money on your house, it's going to be considered a liability. Credit card debt. Any kind of debt is going to be a liability. Sometimes people will talk about a liability being where you're kind of exposed to risk. So like if you're underinsured or not insured or something like that, that is a liability, i.e. you're vulnerable financially. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, we're going to keep it within that lens of looking at your net worth. And like Dylan said, it's what you owe. Right. And this is just really important to focus on. A lot of people, a lot of financial advice out there is all about buying assets and get assets, 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 and those will cash flow your life and all this sort of stuff. But what doesn't get enough attention is avoiding those liabilities. We find that so many people have too many liabilities to begin with. And this is going to lead into our next piece. But when you have so many liabilities, you're just end up paying for so many things and you aren't able to buy the asset, right? The typical advice is to have assets that pay for your liabilities. But when you're getting started, most people have too many liabilities and we need to get rid of those right away. So then you're asking yourself, all right, is it worth it? Well, you know, having a car to get to and from work to drive around, we're not saying that you shouldn't have shouldn't have a couple liabilities or you can't have any liabilities. No, there's at all. no no extremism here yeah. at all. It's it really is just a matter of like, well, how big of a liability is it? Right? We can talk about that. Do you need the fifty thousand dollar liability on four wheels? You know, probably not. If right. not if you're in that situation where you want to start buying more assets, but you find yourself not having enough money, it's probably because you have liabilities that are absolutely chewing up your cash flow, which we're going to get more into. Exactly. The other relationship is, even if you've bought all these assets, but then you're just using the cash flow from those assets to buy more liabilities because golden handcuffs, lifestyle creep, that sort of thing. Guess what, baby? You haven't made any progress. You've up-leveled your quality of life, sure, but your net worth might be neutral. Like it might not have grown. You might not have really made progress towards actual financial independence. So you have to decide what your goals are. Are you reaching for financial independence or are you trying to improve that lifestyle? That's totally up to you. Right. There's no judgment. There's no judgment, but you have to be very mindful and very honest with yourself. 
about what you value. Right. When you're getting started, the key here is to not just say, oh, I got I increased my income a little bit. Don't don't do that. Put that back into more assets. Keep it building mm -hmm. and avoid the liabilities for a while. The idea is to keep building it up and keep building it up and maintain a healthy lifestyle and let the assets work for you and work even more. And it's going to build and build and build. And eventually you'll hit that point where you realize, oh, I built so many assets. I can afford the liabilities now. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah. But what our biggest point is, is that you have to avoid the liabilities because otherwise it'll just chew up your assets and it will, it will prevent you from being able to afford any assets at all. Exactly. If you don't really intensely focus on avoiding liabilities, mm -hmm. then it, you're not going to make progress towards financial independence. You can't just focus on buying more assets and then accumulate liabilities willy nilly. You have to really be very focused in on what your values are and what your goal is if you're trying to reach financial independence. Yes. You, on your net worth, one minus one equals zero. Exactly. So you are, your goal to reach financial independence is to grow your net worth. So you have to avoid liabilities as well as add to your asset column. Right. Because the more liabilities I have, it's going to be eating up my cash flow, which is point number two, that you need to focus in on your cash flow. We'll define cash flow quickly for you. And cash flow is very popular in the business world. But when we think about cash flow for our personal finances, it's about the, the flow of money that you have. It's your income coming in with every paycheck, but where is it going with all of your expenses? Yeah, it's how much you have to put toward like a goal each month, right? So it's it's like, think of it like your financial energy. Right. And where is it directing itself, especially in terms of what you have after all of your necessities are met? Like we want to keep those in check. We don't want to overspend on necessities. Mm -hmm. But we really like to focus on how much cash flow you have after those things are taken care of. But like you said, this is absolutely... This is the biggest, most important thing I think that people don't talk about enough because we all know the advice of run your personal finances like you run your business. Mm -hmm. So why don't we focus on cash flow as much in personal finance? And that was one of the things like my background is in business. And so that was how I started to look at my our finances. And I very quickly realized like some people say cash is king. No, baby. Cash flow is king. Like it's more important than interest. It's more important even than your budget. Like your cash flow is 100% what we focus on mm -hmm. in our coaching, in our personal life, because when it comes down to it, your cash flow informs you about what you're actually able to do in a month and how much you actually can accomplish in a year and all of the sorts of stuff. So your budget is helpful. It gives us some insight into like, you know, just what are the things that you're paying for every month? But what really you want to even abstract from that is how much money do I have to work with after it's all said and done? Yes. And then your cash flow is a matter of how much do I have when and what when can I do what with that money? Right. That's where cash flow is going to say, oh, you're heavy here at this point in the month. You're doing great. Also, oh, next Friday, I'm going to be really low because I'm I'm not quite to payday yet. Yeah, it shows you when you're fat, it shows you when you're lean. And so that's a good example. It helps you avoid overdrafts and things like that. But also when you're just working really aggressively towards goals, it lets you know, oh, I can drop a big fat cash bomb on that debt this, yes. this day, this month. I can schedule my automatic contributions to my retirement account on this day every month. People overlook this 
And when you start to try to do things like automate, you can just screw yourself if you don't know your cash flow. Right. You um, automate it at the wrong times and you're just like, you don't have the money. Oh my gosh, it's so messy. And so your cash flow is just, it's more important than your budget. Okay. It's also more important than focusing on interest rates. And cash flow was, this was one of the most important things for Rebecca and I's journey when we This got, is our secret sauce, this, guys. This really like, this is, is our secret, secret sauce. sauce. Cash flow is just so underrated. People don't talk about it enough. In the personal finance space in particular, because it is very popular in business, but why aren't we talking about it in personal finance? But that's why you're listening to our podcast and not some other nerds, because, <laughs> <laughs> because this is our secret sauce and we were telling you it freaking matters. And if you want to learn how to master your cash flow, Hit up the link in the show notes and our budgeting course is actually a lot about your cash flow. Right. And it's really so powerful. Just can't tell you enough how much you really need to focus on that because it will, like we said, does it, how this ties back to the other habit is that once you understand your cash flow, you've mastered it, you know where your financial energy is going monthly, annually, et cetera, that's when you get to start buying assets, right. whether it's stocks, mutual funds, buildings. I don't care. Businesses. Starting your own you, business. Yeah. You can't do any of it unless you master your cash flow. Right. So there's two two dials I see to the cash flow. Like you can increase your cash flow by increasing your income or you can increase your cash flow by dec- decreasing your expenses. And that was like we did both yeah, when we, we were getting out yeah. of debt. We, we increased our income. We kept getting raises. We kept working hard at our jobs, but we also cut down things like our rent. Yeah. Two knobs that you can turn if you want to turn that cash flow up. Right. Like think about it like a tub. Your cash flow is what's coming out of the faucet. You can just like turn them both up. You can do one on the right hand is your income and on the left hand is your expenses. And you can turn that down and you can turn one up. Right. And then all of a sudden, like you're you're flowing, baby. You're mm-hmm. cash flowing your life. You're cash flowing your goals. Things are looking good. Yeah. And again, we'll, we'll always say, don't be feast and famine here. Pick a few things that you really love, and, and those are okay. Like they can be these expenses that just bring you a lot of joy. But then get rid of the things that you just do out of habit, but you realize they don't do anything for you anymore. Yeah, they're just eating up your cash flow. Yeah. And again, get mad at it. Yeah. At least it worked for me. I literally called it my debt hit list. Like I was a a debt assassin. A debt assassin. <laughs> okay, so that brings us to number three. But if you don't match your cash flow, it's really hard to do this. Number three is pay, pay yourself, yourself first. first. And the reason that your cash flow tunes into this is because you can't pay yourself first if you don't, again, really have that intimate knowledge of your ins and your outs and when. Because a lot of people, like I said earlier, they automate too soon. They end up playing what I call hot potato with their money. They end up like, oh, I had this automatic transfer to go into my savings account. But then, oopsie daisies, I didn't know that I had this yeah. other bill. And so now I got to bring that money back out of my savings account. I've had a lot of clients who, like, they, they have the best intentions, but they haven't quite figured it out yet. They'll say, I'm really bad at savings. And it and they're not they're not bad at savings. They just haven't figured out exactly how to do it They yet. just have chronic hot potato syndrome. Yeah, so they're like, they put in the savings and then they just like, oh, a week they later, I needed out. that. Wait a second. Yeah. And so it was just a matter of like figuring out cash flow because now they're saving even more, but they just hadn't gotten the timing yeah. right and then figured it out. Yeah, you're building in that consistency. So let's talk about what pay yourself first really means. Pay yourself first really means that as soon as you get paid on payday or, you know, ideally you, before payday hits, you know exactly what's happening with your money, right? So your money might automatically be going to an employer-sponsored retirement account, like a 401k, a simple IRA, things like that. That's a way to pay yourself first. Yes. Also with pre-tax money. That's great. 
Then also there's just your going directly to your savings account. Sometimes you can do this directly through payroll from HR. Right. right? They might be able to split up your paycheck to go to multiple multiple yeah. accounts. Yes. Both of those make it extremely easy to live on less than you make because it doesn't even hit your bank account. So those are two really easy ways to pay yourself first and just some great examples. But really what it's saying is that you're making sure that at the top of your budget, the first things, first money in, first money out is Focus on your financial goals. Right. I love how you say that too. It's like, it's at the top of the budget. It's the first line item there is my savings account, my retirement account. It's before mortgages. It's before insurance. It's before groceries. It's before going the out only and having fun. Thing, the only thing that's allowed to go above this is tithing. If that's important to you, yes, tithing can absolutely go before you pay yourself, you contribute to your church. Right. But that's it. And this is a really big mindset shift for people who like struggle with a scarcity mindset, who have a really anxious relationship with debt or a fear-based relationship with debt. And they're just like really, really worried about not paying that bill first. And they can struggle to actually say, no, I need to make sure that my needs are met. And then the bank man can get his dues or whatever. So it can be really hard. And I respect that. I recently had someone I work with who I was like, You've officially switched into full on abundance because that used to be her story. It was really hard for her to set her emergency fund aside yep. while she still had debt. Like she could not wrap her head around that. It was really, really hard. And she's totally worked through that now. But the point is that it can be, depending on your relationship with money, this one can be really hard. But it's so critical to make sure that if you want to reach financial independence, that you're prioritizing it. That's all this is. This is just prioritizing like right. it's aligning your financial habits with your priorities. Paying yourself first is an essential habit to reaching financial independence. If you're not putting money into your savings account, if you're not putting money into the retirement, if you're not investing, how how are you going to reach financial independence? You have to prioritize those things. It's really all pay yourself first is. Pay mm -hmm. yourself first just means priorities. Right. And you're actually executing on your priorities. If your biggest priority is to reach financial freedom, then that needs to happen first. Even going smaller in your priorities, if you're just working on your baby starter emergency fund, that needs to be the first thing you save for after you get your paycheck. Regardless of where you are in your journey towards financial independence, you have to put your priorities in order. You have to get your priorities right. Yeah, I mean, because everybody else is going to take from you. So it, you got to make sure that you put something aside for yourself before your money starts going elsewhere. Or for me, like that visualization doesn't really work for me. Like everybody else is going to take from me. Nobody's taking anything from me. I'm not being intentional with my money. I'm not being purposeful right. with how I'm using my money. Nobody's taking my money. I'm being a goober and, <laughs> and I'm letting my money just kind of fritter. I'm just frittering it away or flittering it. I'm just, it's flittering away. I don't know what the saying is. Anyways. Maybe it flutters away like a butterfly. Yeah, it's like a butterfly. But but yeah, so it's not for me that doesn't even work because like I need to take we're like we talk about I need to take ownership of it mm -hmm. and say if I don't put this first, nobody else is going to do it. Well, for yeah, me. that's a great point. I, th I like the ownership angle. It's not like people are taking your money from you. You're you're spending your own money. The point is, it's either going in my wallet or someone else's wallet. That's really what I meant by that yes. statement earlier is that it's like it's either for me or it's for somebody else. And I mean, at the end of the day. I want it for me. Yeah. If you're not, and if you're not intentional, it's just going to land in somebody else's pocket because you're going to spend it on something that is less important to you. Let's be honest. Yeah. If you're not aligning your priorities with how you're actually spending your money and your habits, then that money is just going to go into land in somebody else's pocket mm -hmm. because you're going to spend it on stuff that doesn't really matter that much to you. There we so go. pay yourself first, prioritize financial independence, 
and focus on your cash flow and avoid liabilities and you're gonna get there like you're absolutely gonna get there and how fast that's totally up to you and it's up to a couple different variables right um but without these three habits you're not gonna get there right this is enough to get you going if you're doing these things then you're gonna be setting yourself up to reach financial independence well like we said any advice out there now like if you put it through this lens you can start to see how other advice out there relates to one of these three things, if not like all of them. Right. Because like we said, this is extremely distilled down to Mm -hmm. the point of all these other things that even on this podcast that we're going to recommend that you do, it's all going to come back to this. It's going to come back to in some way or another. It's going to come back to, are you avoiding liabilities? Are you increasing your cash flow? And are you paying yourself first? Yeah. So like we said, our secret sauce too is the cash flow. And so we think that is the vital, most important thing that you need to focus on. And so we have a budgeting cash flow course. So if you haven't checked it out already, the link is in the show notes. It's worth every penny because it's going to help you increase that cash flow and have more purchasing power so you can buy your assets and make sure that you're paying yourself first each and every month and each and every paycheck. I mean, legitimately, I just realized. So the course is budget, cash flow, and net worth. Right. So you're legitimately going to be able to look at that budget and make sure that you're paying yourself first. You're going to be able to master that cash flow because there's a whole section on your cash flow. And then there's also the net worth tracker. Right. So So you can legitimately put your assets in the asset column and your liabilities and liabilities and calculate your net worth and then track it over time. So legitimately, all of these things are in that course. Oh, yeah. This course was built for this podcast or this podcast was built for this course. Without knowing it. Maybe we'll add this to the links in our That's right. course. If you buy the course, you'll see this podcast episode in the course. Yeah, just listen to it again. All right, guys, that's the episode for today. That's everything we have for you. Thanks so much for listening. Again, thank you so much for helping us reach a top 3% globally ranked podcast. We yes, couldn't have done it without you. you. If you liked this episode, you find it insightful, helpful, definitely subscribe. Leave us a review if you have an extra couple of minutes and don't forget to share it with somebody else who you think would find it interesting. So until next week, I'm Rebecca Brooks. And I'm Dylan Pollock. And and we're we're Red Red Coaches. Coaches.